This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant toute bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pas pensé que c'est ton style. This is One Night Stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, Night Nation? It's Saturday, July 24th. On today's show, we talk about the two-for-one scheduling announcement, UF versus UCF, that had everyone talking this week. Also, special guest Steve Rollins. Great interview with him. He's the senior vice president of Rock'em Sox, which started when he was at UCF. We get his whole story with that and also talk about their big endorsement deal with Dylan Gabriel, the first sock company to endorse a college player. By the way, use promo code UCF Problems for 10% off your order on Rock'em Socks. As always, we answer all of your questions in Moo's mailbag. Speaking of, I'm here with Money Moo, UCF football inks a deal to return to the swamp to face the Gators. Conference realignment talks are heating up, and we are only six weeks away from the home opener against Boise State. Dang, six weeks? I can't believe it's here already, man. (laughs) I know. Well, summer goes by fast. Yeah. Especially when you have an ending to the season like we did last year. Yeah. I mean, we want it to be over quick. Obviously, all the coaching news and everything is, you know, we've had a lot of stuff to talk about compared to years past. And uh, yeah, NBA, NHL, done. I think the first preseason NFL game is in three weeks, next or like three Thursdays from now, and uh, spring ball starts, and fall camp starts in uh, less than two weeks from now. So next thing you know, we're going to be doing season preview and being like, hey, what are you doing for Boise this week? <laughs> so Yeah, you're right. I mean, the coaching news definitely took up a lot of time this offseason, the AD news as well, but it's good. You know, it goes by fast, and we're ready to rock. Yeah. All right, so let's dive into this. A lot's happened since our last show, which was actually pretty recent for our usual summer schedule, <laughs> like one show every six weeks. So last week, Mike Bianchi of the Orlando Sentinel dropped a huge breaking news bomb, way out of left field. No one saw this coming. UCF and UF, two-for-one deal. The first game is going to be 2024 in the Swamp at Gainesville, and then we get a 2030 home game in the Bounce House, and then another away game in 2033 back in Gainesville. Um, So I know those two are kind of far away, but the 2024 game is just a couple seasons away. Moo, when you heard this, what was your initial reaction? My first reaction was I thought it was great. Look, it, whether we're for or against the two-for-ones is in the past now. Like We've lost so many years of being able to schedule teams that now we kind of just need to fill games, you know? I don't want two D2 games. I've said this before. Like Our fans travel everywhere. Without a shadow of a doubt, I can tell you that we should have half the crowd in Gainesville. We should. The we problem should. is is that I don't think half the crowd is going to want to sell their tickets. 
But I agree. If they were available, we would be there. It, it's exciting. Um, it was kind of a polarizing topic. Um, I get both sides of the argument, you know, people's, you know, the Danny White home and home philosophy. But at the same time, and you know how far out college football is scheduled. And we've still got major gaps in our schedule for 2024 and then also 25, I think, in 27. So we were kind of with our backs against the wall. And, you know, the way I look at it is, look, we're playing one away game and then we get a home and home series. And whether you're for it or against it, it really doesn't matter. But here's the thing. We get the opportunity to beat UF at their home stadium in the swamp. And by then, you know, Gus will have what, three seasons under his belt. He'll have all his recruits here, so we've got time to prepare. We're not rushing into us. It's not like it's this season, you know, and it's exciting. And I look at it as a a win-win, you know. People are saying now because the expanded playoff that we don't have to take harder games. And while that's true, I get that. You know, we don't want to make our path to the playoff harder, but if we can't beat UF, then we probably don't deserve to be in the playoff anyway. You know, exactly. I'd rather I want get it out good, of the way. So I want good games. I want to be battle tested too. I don't want to be strolling into the playoffs. You know, oh hey, look, thirteen and zero, and beat Bethune Cookman, and yeah. I don't want that. And people are saying, oh, they play a weak schedule. No, there will be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If we win that game, we have the potential to get a bye. If we run the table and win that game, and the Gators are decent that year, this is huge. Whereas a normal undefeated season where we're not really tested, you know, our only top 25 games are against, you know, 8-1 and one Cincinnati, like it usually is, then people all season will be like, well, they never really played anyone. There won't be any question, no doubt, if we, you know, are having a hot year and we had already beat UF, people will be like, all right, you know what, they're actually legit. It's not just their schedule. I love this. This is definitely exciting. One thing I don't like is, I was doing a little math, we're going to be 40 <laughs> for the home game. Yeah. yeah, I talked about this. Obviously, my parents are super excited because, you know, they're big Gator fans. Um, but they do cheer for UCF a lot, too, so I do respect that. However, um, in this game, so I guess my daughter will be nine uh, <laughs> when the game is at UCF. You have to buy so an yeah. extra season ticket for. Yeah, then for sure. Got to factor that in the budget. <laughs> but uh, anyways, no, they're, they're super excited. And I think it really brings out the best and it also brings out the worst in both of our fan bases. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. For those, I don't want to say fair weather fans, but maybe people that aren't as into it as you and I or any of our listeners that kind of like, oh, yeah, look, you know, UCF, maybe that would get them, you know, back into UCF football, whereas they kind of maybe weren't that into it over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's exciting. And on top of that, that year, the Gators also play FSU, obviously. They play them every year and they play Miami, too. So, like, we'll have a true state of Florida champion, at least for 2024, And, you know, again, the way I look at it, if we don't win, we don't win. Not a huge deal. It's kind of going to be like, oh, everyone expected that, just like the Fiesta Bowl thing, even though obviously we didn't have our quarterback. But the upside is so big. I mean, dude, we'll have 
six straight years of trash talking the Gators, where they won't they won't be able to say shit if we beat them. Whereas, yeah, exactly. whereas right now, they talk all the crap they want because they've beat us the only two times we've played. So I see all upside here and, and no real downside. And, you know, one thing, too, that I heard, Gus was pushing for this. And if Gus is in on it, I'm in on it, too. And Gus we trust. So I, I think that says enough right there. Yeah, not that I'm for uh... – I'm really not for these two for ones as a whole, but I think again we it's something we have to take just to fill games. But you know, I the USF method of you know just schedule anybody <laughs> two for one. At least in in this game, we have a shot. You know, right. USF it, again. Some of the early magazines and projections, they're going to be at the bottom of the league. Again, yep, you know, and we're right there in the thick of things with Cincinnati and Memphis, and it just it, it makes sense for us to do it, but I I don't think it makes sense for you know a team like USF to just you know invite Notre Dame into their stadium or the what Bucks was the last stadium. one <laughs> Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin what was that know, and just lose forty one nothing like yeah that was up twenty years ago to the Gators. Like, are they 20 years behind us? Yeah, I don't know. And, you know, I'm not defending them either, but, like, at the same time, you know, these games are scheduled so far out. Obviously, some of them were sooner. They play the Gators this year, and then they've got, you know, Alabama. But under the current model, I mean, you kind of – you don't have to do it, but it's – I don't know. Like, what's the downside for them? Even though I don't agree with it, and it makes them kind of look bad, like, what's the worst that can happen? If they suck, they suck anyway. We knew that already. But, you know, maybe they steal one. So I get it. I mean, it, college football is so weird because it's the only sport where the teams, like, pick their schedules, which makes no sense. And, and you know, we'll talk about this. Well, actually, I don't know. You want to talk about it now, the the, the breaking news today? Breaking news? <laughs> yeah, so I saw this. I was super busy at work today. I didn't check my phone. Um but according to the Houston Chronicle, first first broke, is that Texas and Oklahoma, the two perennial powerhouses of the Big 12, are reaching out to see if they can join the SEC. Now, a few years ago, I guess 10 years ago, 2011, Texas A&M and Missouri left the Big 12 um, to join the SEC. SEC added its first Texas school ever and made it into a 14-team league. Um, so if they added Oklahoma and Texas, it would be a 16-school kind of super conference, which we've talked about this before, is like having a conference realignment where a few of the conferences kind of like fizzle out and they all have like these 16-team like super conferences. So mm-hmm. – it's definitely interesting. Um, the SEC, yes, Texas and Oklahoma are kind of like the two top tier of the Big Twelve. It's like them two, and then kind of everybody else. There's at a, least for football. At least for football. One, and not only that, it money wise too. I mean, you know, Texas—they have the Longhorn Network. They bring in a majority of the revenue for the Big Twelve, and I think they're looking at it, saying, "Hey, you guys aren't offering anything else, so let's join the SEC." And to the SEC, they're probably looking like, hey, they're going to bring, you know, 
probably billions in revenue. But there's a lot of holes in this story. One, the SEC has never allowed a school to join their conference when there's already a team in that state. So they have A&M. They wouldn't allow Texas, according to history. Now, obviously, Alabama, Auburn, they've always been there. But, for example, FSU tried to join. Georgia Tech did, too. And the schools voted that down. And I'm hearing there's big opposition from Texas A&M. On top of that, I've heard the state legislature in Oklahoma wouldn't allow this because, again, I don't understand, like, the South. But apparently, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are, like, attached to the hip. And because they're public schools, apparently, the politicians have said that, like, they have to go as a tandem. Again, I don't really understand how all this works, but this... (laughs) I I don't understand the South. (laughs) I don't think a lot of people do. So, but yeah, these are just, you know, things that a lot of people have kind of mentioned in response to this. But, you know, this is the way college football is heading. You look at every major sport, you know, there was always different leagues. And then in the end, there was two big leagues. And that's how you end up with the AFC and the NFC, the American League and the National League. What ends up happening is the big ones gobble up the others, and then there's two main ones, and they join and they make one big thing. The NCAA has blocked that for as long as they could. But now with the name, image, likeness, they really don't have anything. They don't have any uh, leverage on the schools, at least football-wise. They have the Final Four and everything else, but the conferences have all the power. And you know, I don't know if it's 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. It's going to be one big Super League thing with one governing body, equal schedules, and that's just the way it's headed. Look at the history of every other major sport. It's happened. Just the whole amateur thing's kind of gotten in the way, but now it's not. And, you know, it's just a matter of time. And it'll be good because there'll be one main governing body, and there'll actually be, like, fair scheduling, which, again, like I said college football only sport that doesn't have that nah well the reason they don't have it is because there's no parity in the sport well that you look at base look at baseball right now are the same teams good every year pretty much yeah no (laughs) no yes the red sox are like dead last last year now they're back to first place. okay so it's like the dodgers the yankees the red sox the cardinals the cubs like Okay, yeah, if but they're they not, and, and I know that I know the Cubs are crappy this year, but because there's no real hard salary cap, there's just a luxury tax. The big teams get all the free agents, and a lot of time it doesn't shake out. But usually, it's the same few teams where the small market teams like Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Minnesota, they'll trade all their in big the World Series. I know, but they have to trade all their good players and then get prospects, and then they get good for one year, and then what happens? Everyone leaves for the big teams. A better example yeah. would be the NFL. The NFL is the most parody out of any sport. That's right. why, in my opinion, it's the most popular sport. Because literally, any given Sunday, any team can win. And that's what makes it uh, so exciting. Well, that combined with a great you know, product on the field. But, you know, that's also part of the allure of college football is that it's not fair. And you have to pretty much win every game. And... Here's the thing. When they decided to go from, you know, the BCS thing to four, the next natural progression of that was a 16-team playoff. Like, once you create a playoff, it's going to have to be all-inclusive. So, like, 
or once they started this postseason thing, the regular season is just going to count less and less. And naturally, you know, the 16 or 12 team playoff or whatever was going to happen because four teams, five big conferences, you know, um, that's just what's... So now, hypothetically, if Oklahoma and Texas were to join the SEC, what do you think is more likely to happen? The Big 12 dissolving or the American or like a group of five conference dissolving and being gobbled up by a power five? So you're saying like the conference. American, like, like Cincy and Memphis go to the Big 10 and UCF and... USF. Well, go it's to... probably it's probably not going to happen that way. It's probably going to be like the top two from the American move up, and then everyone else kind of gets into like the MAC or um, well, the American Conference USA. The Americans legit though. Say the top two or four in the American got gobbled up. I think what we would see is like the top Conference USA and MAC teams end up in the American. So we've got to stay ahead of this. But if Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12 and we joined, that sounds strangely familiar to when we joined the Big East and it was all good except the best teams left and then we we're stuck in the American. The American's now good, but it was not at the time that all this happened. So I think what the Americans should do, I think what would be best for us Although, if we went to the Big 12, we would obviously get a huge boost in TV revenue, but that'll correct itself naturally if, if the American is good. I think we stay and we add Boise State, BYU, Army, and really make ourselves a solid uh, solid conference. Although, saying that, though, even though the rest of the Big 12 stinks, they're, they're still such, you know, they're good programs with huge alumni bases. I, I, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, the good thing is we have no control over this, so. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I honestly think it would be the best for us to move to the Big 12. The Big 12 right now would love to have a piece of the Florida market and the Florida recruiting, which they are lacking. Yep. Um, right now, them and the Big 10 are the only two Power 5 conferences. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, that Pac-12, won't... I guess. You heard it. So, you I mean... heard it. You heard it here first. Well, anyway, the Power Five isn't going to exist in two, three years. Just like, so it used to be called BCS conferences, right? And then the playoffs started, and what dictated the P five was the automatic bids. Well, now all that stuff's gone. So it might be two, three, five years, but Power Five is no more once the playoff starts, and it's definitely a good thing. I get what you're saying, though. Um, Obviously, I don't think logistically we could join the Pac-12, but I guess it's kind of the, I mean, you know, what's a, a three-hour flight or a five-hour flight? I don't know. I wouldn't want that. Not the Pac-12, dude. Every game starts at, like, freaking 1030. Pac-12 <laughs> at night. <laughs> you can't. But, like, what is the Big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma? It's a good basketball league, but as far as football. It's nothing. I wouldn't say nothing. It's a lot of mid-tier. I'd say it's similar teams. to the American, without Texas and Oklahoma. Which, honestly, Oklahoma has been the only real good team. Texas, I mean, Texas hasn't been legit since Vince Young. Like they keep yeah. saying they're back, and it's then more or less just the name. The name holds a lot of value, though, especially in football. I mean, 
Texas has money. And, you know, that's what all this comes down to is money. I just know that if we join the Big 12, um, it'd be a lot of fun away games every year. You know, it wouldn't just be like, oh, we got to play Temple again. Like, let's do this. I mean, it, I don't know. It'd be cool to change it and up. And not, not just for us, though. I think any one of those schools in the Big 12 would be circling our game like, okay, guys, we're going to Orlando this year. You know, make a trip out of it. Who wouldn't want that? Yeah, no, you're you're right. It's a win-win. And Just uh, like all the Boise people, I guarantee you. I mean, being stuck in Idaho, who would want that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently. They had this game. Cir- they had this game circled for the last couple of years. We've had it on the schedule, you know. Yeah, and you know you can make a you make a vacation out of it. It's freaking Orlando. We have more to offer than ninety nine percent of other college towns because yeah. we're not just a college town. We're a legit city with a bunch of stuff to do. I mean, people save up money their whole year to go to Orlando, so we have so much to offer uh, compared to other places. Yeah, I mean, if you do a, an away game at Baylor, there, there's not much there. I don't, I don't know where Texas Tech is. Lubbock? I don't know Probably where that nothing. is. Probably nothing there. West Virginia, yeah, it's a, it's an awesome college town, party town. I thought they were in but the who ACC. Kn- who knows? They were. Oh. No, they're in the Big 12. Yeah, I don't know. Again, like I said, we have no control over it, but uh, it, stuff's going to change these next few years. Or, it's brewing. It's been brewing for a while. We've been talking about it for a while. Um, you know, deadline spur action, one of my favorite kind of sayings. And the TV deals are coming up, and obviously this playoff thing is changing everything. But all in all, I'm just excited that we're going to have a fair chance at this. This next – I can't believe I'm saying this. This next decade is going to be amazing. Um, the 20s, the roaring 20s for UCF football. And, uh yeah. Definitely an exciting time to uh, be a night. A couple other things while we're talking about the SEC. Did you see Josh Heupel's magazine cover? Yeah, I did. Looking thick. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, he gave his regular, like, coach-speak answers at his press conference, which was, like, really the first time that all SEC reporters could ask him questions. And the media people were, like, complaining on Twitter this ain't the American, this is the SEC, like, you got to respect us, which is just hilarious on both ends. That One, that he won't give a freaking real answer. He just goes up there like a robot. And two, that, like, these SEC journalists are so entitled, they expect him not to do that. I don't know. It's just it's just funny all around. Uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. Uh, maybe not exciting. It'll be interesting to watch Tennessee these next few years. Um, you know, I – I like some of the coaches that, that Josh Heupel brought. So I, I wish them well. And, uh, you know, I'll be happy if he does well. I, it doesn't matter to us. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't see that happening. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about NIL again. No, just kidding. Um, aftermath. Yeah, no. So we launched DG the brand. We did. Did you see Nick Saban saying their quarterback, who hasn't started a game yet, is close to a million dollars in endorsements already? Yeah, that's crazy. I'd never even heard of him before. So, I doubt this is true, but what a freaking great recruiting tactic by Nick Saban. Pretty much just saying, hey, come here if you're a big recruit and we're going to make you rich. Man's always one step ahead. I got to give it to him. That's incredible. Um... We should just say Dylan Gabriel is close to a billion. 
Why not? You yeah. can't you can't verify it. <laughs> but I mean this is exactly what we thought was going to happen and what was probably already happening behind the scenes. Let's be real. The NCAA just has no way to uh regulate it. I mean it's impossible. Like you can't track the personal lives of thousands and thousands of recruits. So now it's just out in the open and Nick Saban wasn't shy about saying that. Um but other NIL stuff, DG, like we said at the top of the show, endorsed by Rock'em Socks, or no? Rock'em Socks is now in- officially endorsed by Dylan Gabriel, right? How does that work? All right. <laughs> <laughs> what is Yeah, no, so Dylan's like, hey, I like Rock'em. Not Rock'em's like, hey, I like Dylan. Yeah, okay. okay. Rock'em Socks, officially so Rock'em endorsed. Rock'em signs DG. Yes, okay, that's a better awesome. way to say it. Hey, by the way, I'm trying to buy a dad hat on the website, and they're sold out except for the khaki one. Yeah, they are, and the khakis are almost what sold out hell? too. I know. You got to get in quick, Why man. Why did I wait? I don't know. You missed out. Um, there'll be some I mean, new stuff. Didn't, like give you any extra at the thing? <laughs> Dude, does it look like I can wear a dad hat? <laughs> oh, yeah. I couldn't even figure out how to put the fanny pack on. I'm like, <laughs> I felt like... What's that that uh that meme or whatever the old guy in the high school? It's like, all right, what are these kids doing? Like me trying to put the fanny pack on like the cool way across the shoulder, and he was like showing me. He's like, oh, this is how you do it, and I'm like, can I just put it across my hips? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't get that one, but they have apparently a bu- it's the that's hip a, new that's thing. a new thing. Yeah, gotta be sound old. Um, they have a bunch of new merch coming soon. I've seen some in his uh, posts. They were at Top Golf. I saw a cool hat. Um, you know, great strategy by them. You don't want to put all your good stuff out at once because then you got nothing left. You know, it's like what Nike does. They come out with a new shoe. They release, you know, kind of crappy color version. People still buy it because it's new. And then they keep coming out with better and better ones and get you coming back. So definitely look out. And obviously, you know, like we talked about last show, they're going to have the pop-up shop at Burger U for the Boise State game. We'll be there too. So Definitely look out for that. Um, did you see the Mackenzie Milton appearance announcement today? Yeah, I did. He's doing a signing at the 808 restaurant in Thornton Park. Never been there, but I've heard it's good. What a natural fit. Cool to see KZ coming back to his Orlando via Hawaii roots. Think Dylan's mad about this? Kind of stepping on his turf? We got a little... Uh... No, he'll probably be there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know when the date is, but it's all over social media and free autographs. So go meet KZ. Definitely cool. Glad to see him still involved with the local community. All right. Speaking of NIL, let's head to our interview. Senior Vice President of Rock'em Socks, Steve Rollins. We have a great conversation about how they started... Um, the company, well, actually how Rob, the founder, started the company. He was a student manager on the basketball team while Marcus Jordan was there. You know, the Rompsa years, 2010, when we beat the Gators. And just a real cool story about how the Adidas switched and they got these socks and he had to dye them. And one of those awesome entrepreneur, entrepreneurial stories. It's really cool. And, you know, they've stayed in Orlando and they've built a huge business out of it. So it was definitely cool to talk to him. We talk a little bit about Dylan Gabriel, their uh, new headquarters and whatnot. So let's get to that. 
All right, guys, we are joined now by a very awesome guest. He is the Senior Vice President of Rock'em Socks. It's Steve Rollins. Steve, how are you doing? Good, man. Happy to be on the cast. I'm a regular listener. Well, I appreciate that. Spread the word, definitely. Um, all right, so let's get started here and give people a little bit of background. Uh, you know, like I said, you're the Senior VP at Rock'em Socks. How did you get started? I know you have some, you know, kind of started at UCF. Can you tell us a little bit about the backstory? Yeah, so, I mean, Rock'em, we, we started at UCF. So, Rob Starkman, he's the original founder of Rock'em Socks, and he was a basketball manager at UCF uh, as a student. So, this is about 2011, 2012, okay. 2011, we'll call it. Um, he was a student at UCF. I was a student as well, but he was working for the basketball team. And this was like the Donnie Jones era, the Marcus Jordan, Jeffrey Jordan, AJ Rompsa um, basketball team. Was it fun years? This was fun years. And this is the O'Leary football years. So <laughs> basketball was sort of, uh, you know, stealing the show, if you will. But <laughs> we, um, so Rob had worked for the team. And this is when Adidas got pretty mad about seeing the Jordan brothers wearing Jordan sneakers on the court with the Adidas uniform. So how dare them, how dare them wear their dad's sneakers. Right. <laughs> so what had happened was Nike needed to come in and pick up like the contract, pick up the sponsorship for the school. Right. So, and this, this was like mid season, wasn't it? I remember he just, yeah. they, we had him on the show to talk about it. I think they told yeah. him he could, and then he did. And then they got mad about it and pulled the contract. Right. Yes, exactly. I'm, I mean, I'm glad you're not taking words out of my mouth, sorry, out <laughs> of his mouth, putting them in mind. But, right. So, yeah, he, I think him and his brother wore the shoes in like a scrimmage. And then, you know, of course, Adidas wasn't happy and pulled the rug out. And Good. in comes Nike. In comes Nike. And Rob, who worked for the team doing various stuff, you know, assisting the coach, doing whatever he can at practice, getting the facility ready, you know, shooting video, you name it, Rob was doing it for the team. Sure enough, this new Nike equipment comes in, um, all this plain gear, and Rob was in charge of running around Oviedo, around Orlando, running to screen printing stores and getting the UCF logos put on the shirts. And, you know, the practice shorts needed a UCF logo on the Nike short because it was blank. So they just sent, blank, they sent blank stuff? That's how they kind of like just had to do it quick. You yeah, know? yeah, no, that so, makes sense. That's funny. So Rob was in charge of that, doing that, and, you know, he was hustling around Orlando. And then this is when the Nike Elite sock was very popular. Um, this is like a basketball sock they made that had stripes up the back. It was like $14 a pair, mm -hmm. you know, dry fit, comfortable, the whole nine. And Rob took these white and black socks home for the holidays, and he dyed them gold because – UCF, black and gold, right. made sense. We used a lot of so, gold back then, too, more oh than yeah. we do now. <laughs> so he dyed the socks, and long story short, everyone needed to have them because they only made white and black. So he started wearing them. You know, people wanted to buy them, and sort of being the entrepreneur that he was at the time, and still is, he set up an eBay account, started selling the socks on eBay. Forty dollars, fifty dollars a pair. So were they so, were they like custom socks? Like what was these, he putting on them? These were just colors. Okay. So this was just he was doing colors that 
um, you know, the, the manufacturer making them Nike was not doing. Gotcha. So they made one color. He was dying them purple. He was dying them gold. He was dying them orange, red, you name it. So you could get and, like, you get the most popular item yes. custom for whatever. I, I totally get that. I remember when Under Armour came out and I, uh, my my high school was the green wave or whatever, and they only had like a green that wasn't our green. So I, I totally get it. Like the the selection of stuff was limited, and if, if those yes. you know those socks were super popular, then he really really saw like an opportunity, a market there to customize them so that people could get the, the you know the the cool sock with the matching color to their school or whatever they were wearing. That's that's so yeah. smart. Big basketball socks, so people wanted them to match their uniform or their sneakers. That's That mm-hmm. was like our big thing at the beginning. So, yeah, he started selling them on eBay, and, you know, he, he was doing his thing, hustling, and he was literally just running it out of, uh, if you're familiar with UCF Boardwalk Apartments, that's yep. the original Rockham headquarters. So he was running uh, everything out of there. He was, you know, shipping, packing, doing everything himself, pretending to be customer service people. You know, <laughs> he'd, he'd sign the emails as, you know, Susan from customer service. But it's really just him. Uh, Fake it till but, you make it, man. Number one rule yeah. of entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he was doing that and it kind of got busy. And I think it was his junior year that we, we met when he was a sophomore. We were in the same class and um, business school. He, yeah, this was no, this was a uh, sports business minor, the okay. UCF yeah, that yeah. intro intro to sports business, the DeVos um, program or whatever. Exactly. So we're in the same class, and we just so happened to randomly pair up, and we had to volunteer at some basketball event at Wide World of Sports for you know credit, school credit, and we're sitting there all day, ten hours, and just talking back and forth, and you know it comes up how he's selling socks on eBay, and I'm like, oh, that sounds good, man. Like you're it looks like you got a bright future, you know, right. not like, you know, I'm yeah. going to call, I'm going to college to get a real job. not <laughs> And, um, he was telling me, Oh yeah, people pay $50 for these. And I go to the outlets around Orlando and I buy them and you know, all this stuff. And it was mm-hmm. cool. It was very like inspiring to hear like the hustle. Right. And, um, and I played lacrosse at UCF at the time. So lacrosse was like a big, you know, gear sport, like you got the stick, you got the helmet, the gloves, you know, it's a lot of gear mm-hmm. and mid calf socks, if you will, the, the ones that he was doing were very popular, but no one had like custom ones. So I had to be a customer, you know, I had to right. work a deal. I'm like, how do I get some free ones? You know, but, um, you know, Rob was like a junior and he ended up getting, he ended up doing, you know, a lot of online orders and getting busy and, I think it was his junior year that he tells a story, you know, it's a great story about how he dropped out and he just, he was in class once he was getting emails about orders and he just looked at the kid next to him and said, Hey, take notes for me. I'll I'll catch you next time. And then he never went back to class again. Um, That's awesome. That's like the the moment, like where you just kind of realize that, Hey, like I need to take advantage of this opportunity, which I'm sure a lot of people have those kind of ideas and are afraid to do it. I mean, it's it's scary doing that, going off on your own, disappointing your parents, you know, whatever it is. uh, But that's awesome. Oh yeah. Well, he tells you know, he tells a great story about how he had to butter up his parents to get over that. But (laughs) you know, luckily, luckily he was, uh, you know, he had a house down the street. Uh, from campus and he was now running it out of there he had a couple roommates that were helping him and I think it was like shortly after he dropped out where I actually finally 
like reached out and I'm like, all right, man, I'm ready to buy some socks from you, you know? And um, I ended up buying some socks to wear for, you know, the lacrosse season. And I thought I could wheel and deal like a team order, but no <laughs> one wanted, no one wanted to pay and blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> anyway, that's, you know, that's how we met. And it turned into just a, you know, I was a customer and I was a passionate UCF fan. I wanted to wear them to football games. I wanted to wear the socks, you know, wherever I could. And he recognized that, you know, I was a real like fan, if you will. And I was a customer and we just would talk a lot about business. And he kind of was like, would you like to like work with me? Cause you know, he kind of had his roommates helping him and they were doing things that were really like big, but I don't think they, I don't think he realized what he was doing was like big and had potential. Right. Like an actual company. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I went to go pick up my first pair I ever bought from him, I thought I was going to go to an office, you okay. know, and it was his house. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, I thought this was bigger than it is. And, you know, that's that fake it till you make it like you, like you right. were talking about. But I was instantly like, you know, okay, I like this. Like, I'm very, you know, entrepreneurial. And I've sort of turned into like an entrepreneur where I'm, I'm entrepreneurial, but I work within a company. Uh-huh. And it's um it was cool to you know have the have the same like mindset of this could be something really big and what had happened was i just kind of committed to working there after i graduated so i ended up finishing school uh no knock on dropping out or anything but we do have a rockham diploma so we're we're covered there <laughs> but yeah i mean that's like the that's the long version of the the origin of you know how rob started everything and then kind of where I, I came into the mix. That's awesome to hear that story. So from there, at what point did he go from just dyeing the Nike socks to yeah. creating or purchasing or whatever, his own socks and making his own brand, I guess? Yeah, we started, so I remember like we were getting samples in like 2012, like a year into him doing the Nike of um you know our own socks because we needed to pivot we needed to grow up right we mm-hmm. were we couldn't we couldn't be the company that just customizes other people's socks right and we've done we've done custom socks for other brands as well um but you know we needed to figure out how do we make rockham socks like last right right and you have to be one of the unique proprietary not just something right. that someone else can we do. couldn't we couldn't live and die on the, the Nike elite sock, you yeah. know, so, especially, you know, Nike starts coming out with their own colors and boom, you're dead. Yes. Yeah. It turned into a hundred million dollar product for them. I mean, yeah. Like you could look that up in 2013, 2014 Nike elite socks were all the rage. And we knew that we had a cool uh, concept, which is the, like you were alluding to, how did we get to the point of designs on socks, not just colors. Uh-huh. And it was, yeah, it was like 2012. I think Rob was doing a bunch of research and kind of putting his, wrapping his head around how to make this thing last forever. And he stumbled upon a way that was popular for other apparel items to be customized with prints and designs. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, once again, entrepreneurial mindset, he ordered the stuff he needed to order to make those socks, to make, to test it out on socks, like to start printing, printing your own stuff. Yeah. 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 So it's definitely like a proprietary process that we've, 
we were the first to do for socks. So we definitely keep it a secret on how we actually produce. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get tours and show people now. But, you know, early on, it was we were the first ones doing that for socks. Like it, it was a it was applying graphics to socks. And it was very, very popular with our market, which was sneaker heads, people that wanted to match the socks with the sneakers. And it was the early days of Twitter and Instagram. So when you go into Instagram, you would see people posting these photos of the sneakers coming out on a Saturday morning. You know, the Jordans, the Nike, the mm-hmm. Nike, LeBron, the Kobe, the KDs. People would want those sneakers and we'd match the sock to it. So we were matching it perfectly because we had an early, you know, we, we knew how to find designers early on that were great. And we were able to like create this more graphic sock, if you will. Right. And like spear spearhead that where typically socks were just knitted and they were, you know, colors and stripes and really Argyle solid, you know, right. nothing too crazy. Yeah. So not like yeah, an exact I, match. You almost had to get lucky to say, Hey, I've got this shoe and you kinda of go shopping around like right. oh, these kind of match. You were doing it backwards. You take the shoe and make the sock from it. Exactly. So Every week, you know, from 2011 till 2014, 2013, like our life, our life revolved around sneaker releases, what was happening in, you know, the, the basketball culture and what was going on in sports. How can we hook up and tie into it unofficially, you know? Right. So we were doing stuff every Saturday. We would, during the week, we'd send the socks to the sneaker collectors. We had a street team, we called it at the time. Mm-hmm. They they would post a photo in our socks on Instagram. It'd get, you know, all these likes. This was before the organic, uh, you know, everything was organic and there's no algorithm. Right, and not, and not only that, too. I mean, this was before, like, the paid influencer thing. Like, you exactly. guys were way ahead of your time. Right, exactly. So when they post a photo, we'd get, you know, 50, 100 maybe a couple hundred orders on our website and we had work to do you right. know we had a we, we had moved into a small office we had a couple of machines to do the socks and it was you know nothing fancy but we were getting orders and to rob's credit he was able to manage the company like well financially where he you know he was a dropout of school but he was he wasn't like doing crazy ridiculous things when we started like selling socks right and getting orders you know like some people want to go buy the nice crazy car or you know do this or that he was investing it all back in the company so we could be able to just sort of do what we wanted to do and like operate in a market that we liked and right. we didn't have like investors or we didn't have credit lines or you know all this stuff at the time so yeah, it was um, it was a pivot for sure when we started doing the the graphic socks that we've you know since then perfected and crafted. So in 2013 is when we officially launched like the Rockham sock, and we stopped doing you know customized socks from from other companies. Gotcha, gotcha. And then so the next step after that was licensing. I feel like um, I think you were just starting that when we first met and I, I went to your headquarters, but how did you end up kind of getting into that? And what's the process yeah. like? I imagine it's very complicated dealing with probably every different school. Uh, how's that work? Yeah, it was a big learning curve. I think in like 2014, we started getting like 
cease and desist letters or like <laughs> like stuff we were doing that's and how you know you're it, doing it well. Like, <laughs> well it's funny at the time now it's like we know the people that were sending them right so it's like it's like a full circle moment you know with with certain instances i should say you never want to infringe on someone's property no but uh you know we were doing we do stuff with the the final four right we do the florida gator socks and we do we'd simply do blue and orange and we'd market it to the gators fans right you know without actually saying that on the sock yeah Yeah. and we'd always wonder we didn't use logos but we always wondered like i wonder if people would buy them if they had logos you know and it was like a such a far-fetched thing at the time like 2014 it was like how do you even get permission? You know, it seemed like this crazy feat. Right? Who, do you, who do you even call and ask? <laughs> exactly. Like, do you call Tim Tebow? You know, right. and you're like, hey, you, can you help us get a license? You know, you but, actually pray to get a hold of him, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good call. The, uh, <laughs> but no, we, we looked into it. I know, you know, it was one of my big focuses in 2015 is just like, how do you actually do it? Right. And, we we figured it out and honestly the first school to approve us for licensing was ucf they were first and then we also got approved for fsu and and the florida gators all three at this basically the same time so we were we were pretty surprised that we got through and we able to get the license and the next thing was how the heck do we like sell these things because we never knew how to sell to wholesale you know we didn't know how to get into the bookstore we didn't know how to get into dick sporting goods or all these stores yeah so we were just like all right let's put them on our website and see what happens and with um you know with ucf being local we definitely had a little bit of a a connection and we were able to pick people's brain and, and see how the licensing thing worked but you know i think as soon as we released our socks we did this nitro mascot sock that like went viral and took over and everyone had to have them i remember and that helped a lot so ucf helped like put us on the map and you know we 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 learned really quick that there's a demand for these like our style of sock if you will because there's other socks been out there for years that are knitted with the logo on them you know mm-hmm. people have been making that stuff forever right ours were much more creative and we had these you know great designers that were hand drawing stuff and really talented people so we we were able to come out with like a unique product which helped us get licenses for sure at the beginning but college in a nutshell that was a that was a 2015 through 2017 like every day of my life it was college how do you get the schools to say yes to you because they don't care who you have they don't care if you have Alabama or Clemson and they'll deny you that, you know, Auburn doesn't care if you have Alabama, you have to be the best Auburn sock company. Right. You know? And right. it's very easy to think, Oh, we have UCF, we have the Gators, we have all these other schools. How do we get um, Ohio state? Ohio state doesn't care They're You know, you need to be the best company for Ohio state. So College was a big, big grind from like 2015 to 2017. And luckily everything we did in, in the college, like sock space in those two years really set us up for like a nice long, long-term future making, you know, college and sports license socks, which our big thing over the past like four years has just been, how do we get drafted to go pro? You know, we're right. this college, we're this college company that makes college socks. How do we get the NFL? 
you know, how do we get the NHL? And that was like a whole nother ball game um, over the past year or two, which we didn't, we did end up getting, but um, I think it all started in 2015 with UCF approving our license and it, it might've helped. We were local, who knows, you know, when we applied, I don't know if they read that part or looked at our address <laughs> and it was 10 minutes away, but who knows? you know, they, they appreciated it. So we were happy to get that approval and it started our journey in licensing. Yeah. So that's crazy. So w- when you said you first originally got, you know, UCF and the Gators, I figured, okay, you did all the work to figure that out getting all the other schools would be easy, but you're saying that's the opposite. And then, you know, branching off to sports and everything like that, that that's crazy that it, it took that much. I guess each school is like their own individual project for you to have to get. And uh, yeah, that must've been a ton of work, but you know, clearly it's paid off and you guys have the best sock. I mean, I don't know any other, I've seen other, you know, collegiate or even pro sport socks, mm. but nothing compares to your guys' products. So you guys really, really have done a, a great job with that, and uh, you know, proud to call you a uh, a fellow UCF alum. Let's um, let's switch gears a little bit. So, COVID obviously was a crazy year for everyone. Um, you know, last March when everything shut down, we all thought the world was ending, stock market was going down, and everything was crazy. Take me through, like your first kind of meeting with it was probably Rob I'm guessing when all this stuff started and obviously you know when the economy is going down people are probably not going to buy socks how did you guys decide to pivot to making masks and how difficult was that and how were you able to do it so quickly because you guys had an awesome product out like immediately I remember texting you and then you sent like back you sent back a like a picture of a, a sample one. You're like, Oh, I already got it done. I'm like, man, like I just thought I, I sent Steve this great idea and they've already got it. How, how, how did that all go down? Gotta be two steps ahead. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at least you're, at least you were in the right, uh, you had the right idea, you know? Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, 20, 2020, we, we were off to a great start in like January and February of last year. Um, it was fresh off like college football playoff, national championship. You're getting into final four, you know, being a college company at the time, that was a big, that was our biggest license. Everyone was thriving in the beginning of last year. Yeah. Yeah. You have final four coming up in Atlanta. We, you know, we literally shipped final four socks to Atlanta for them to sell at all the hotels, at the airport, at the stadium. And then it got canceled. So it's like, okay, this is going to be a, a crazy one, you know? Yeah. And this was in, this was in March, mm-hmm. but um, I think, I think right away, as soon as like places started closing, you know, obviously as a company, we have, we have a staff and it's like, okay, first thing is got to make sure everyone's safe for mm-hmm. one, you know, and that's where you follow the local guidelines. You, you, you follow the rules and you listen to the smart people of the world, you know? Right. Um, and at the same time, it's like, okay, you can only do that for so long and you got to keep, keep things roll. You got to keep things rolling as best you can. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think into April is when we, we came together. We have like, we have a really big team mentality here. It's a team atmosphere. We sort of run like a, like a sports program, if you will. Like we don't have the employee of the month. We have the MVP. We ha- we don't have meetings. We have huddles. We have a scoreboard in our in our warehouse that says we're you know losing a hundred to ninety nine. The world's beating us. We got to keep grinding. Love and that. Love that mentality. The quarter, 
the quarter is always the fourth quarter for our production team because they're always hustling like it's the fourth quarter. Right. You know, even if it's July. So that mentality, that's the, you know, that team, that team atmosphere we had, we, you know, came together and it was, it was our leadership group that we have, which is, you know, a, a group of our department leaders mm-hmm. who it's like, all right, what are we going to do? You know, we can keep producing socks technically because we're a factory and we were allowed to stay open. Uh-huh. Um, so we were able to keep producing socks and honestly in April and May, we had so many socks go viral because we were like very topical and relevant with the world. And we were uh-huh. lightening the We were lightening the mood, if you will, with our designs. Okay. So, I, you know, we sold toilet paper socks <laughs> as, as funny as that sounds that literally kept, you know, 30 people, 40 people employed. That's amazing. You know? Yeah, no, I, so I, like, I remember those. And uh, right. that, that's, that's so crazy. It's, it's things like that, sock-wise, that we were doing that were viral moments where we're able to safely operate. And, you know, we didn't have our full staff here. We had to protect, protect our production staff at all costs because mm-hmm. that's our, that's our lifeline um, to keep shipping product. So, And, of course, and, you and know, at the time, too, like, we didn't know anything about this this virus, so right. you've got to be overly cautious until you really, really know what's going on. You know, the bottom line right. is is the last thing. I mean, it, it, you can't have people get sick just because you're trying to, you know, make a few bucks. So I like that you put that first, and then we're able to find a way to uh, to still, you know, I don't want to say take advantage of the situation, but kind of adapt to it. You know, people yeah. aren't watching sports. You watch sports, you really like a team, you might Google, hey, how can I get gear? But there were no sports on. So that that was really smart. And then also everyone was on their phones too. So you have a good design yep. and you like you said, it probably goes viral. Yeah. Oh no, it was it was it was a perfect blend of just, you know, great marketing and our our business model, which is design stuff, sell it, or sorry, design stuff, sell it, produce it, ship it all in one roof. So everything's in one one building. Our designers at the time were working remotely, and it was mainly our production staff here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, when we pivoted to mask, it was I think April or, or March. Whenever we started sort of game planning it, it was it was a little bit like of a you know a tiptoe into it to temperature check. Like, all right, right what's the mentality around masks? Because um, you have you have the opportunity to possibly do licensed masks, which we ended up doing, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, we we came with a good product. We we sourced it. You know, Rob he spearheaded that and was able to find a great you know manufacturer supplier for that. And then you blend it with our capabilities, and we're able to do similar stuff to what we do for socks on masks. And we you know we we were able to launch that product in I think April or May, and then it definitely carried throughout the summer. Uh, and into the holidays. So we, we ended up doing the license mass, I think in maybe August, we started doing college mass and, you know, with, with just the demand for socks sort of going down last year, we actually sold a lot more socks last year than we did the year before. And on top of that, we were producing, we were producing mass. So I think the coolest thing, you know, to sum up mass for us was, the the project we did with UCF, which was the the armor up campaign, yep, where I remember we did um we did mass with the UCF marketing department, and they let 
that they designed them, the, the UCF marketing folks. And we, we were just the, you know, the people that got to make them and ship them. And we ended up raising $50,000 for the student emergency fund. And it was like one of those things where you're donating every month and like, you kind of don't know where it's going. Right. Mm -hmm. But then when I spoke to the people, they're like, Hey, this went to a girl that actually like used the money for this and that. And it's like, Oh, that was, that was a real fundraiser. Like we got to see, we got to see the results of that, you know? Mm -hmm. So us donating, it ended up being like just over $50,000 for 2020 for UCF. That was, that was like the, the big, the big thing for us. And then throughout the year, as we sold masks, we did a buy one, give one um, sort of donation model where we were donating masks or an equivalent monetary value for, for the mass. It's awesome that you found a way to combine, you know, like I said, kind of pivoting to an, an opportunity or a new market, but also giving back. So it's like a win, win, win for everyone. Cause like for me, I was excited to be able to buy a UCF mask. And on top of that, and I would have did it anyway, but on top of that, for every three pack I bought, you guys were donating money to, you know, the student emergency fund. So it, yeah. it, it was a win, win, win for everyone. And, uh, that's awesome. It just, you know, really speaks volumes about your guys' leadership and, uh, your, your ability to forward think and, and problem solve as a company, which is why you guys are where you are right now. Let's talk about name, image, and likeness. That's what everyone's talking about right now, obviously, you know, between the playoff expansion and the NIL rules on July 1st, college sports as we know it has kind of been flipped on its back. I mean, everything is just, it's crazy right now. And, you know, we're going to look back on this year and these times and be like, that's when, you know, everything changed forever. Um, I know, you know, Dylan Gabriel, when we talked to him last show, released his own clothing line dedicated to greatness. I know you guys partnered with him to make a custom sock. Can you tell me a little bit about how that came to fruition and, and what you guys' plans are going forward? Yeah. I mean, July 1st was obviously the big day for name, image, likeness. That was, you know, almost a couple of weeks ago now. And I think with Dylan, he obviously is the UCF quarterback. He's QB1. But what he, I think, was – really good at was preparing he might have mentioned it when you talked to him of how he thought of the idea for his brand last november and he was able to keep his mind wrapped around it and maybe you know think of some things here and there and you know i think it's that entrepreneurial mindset that he had where he had some ideas he thought of some stuff and then he took action and he actually did it so him doing, you know, DG the brand and launching a website, releasing product, like I, I literally saw the product, like he ordered and purchased product to sell, you know, this isn't like a drop shipping, like, right. you know, scam. No, like, he, he, this bu- is- <laughs> he bought, he bought inventory. No, I, I know what yeah. you're saying. Uh, yeah. yeah. But with him, yeah, with him launching the, you know, his own, his own brand. I think it was a real testament to, you know, him having an entrepreneurial mindset, doing something actually physical, tangible items that he was, you know, selling. So when I actually, I don't even think I knew about that when I first talked to him, he was just trying to get some socks and I, little did I know it was for, you know, his clothing company and we had touched base and he ended up coming to our office um, that week 
and you know we did a tour we showed them how we kind of do things and it was cool because they are they were at the him and his team were at like the early stages of their brand and getting it off the ground getting the first launch off the, out of the way mm-hmm. and it was it was like giving us throwback to when we when we first started out you know the stuff we used to do yeah so definitely it was like very parallel, yeah. very very cool like collaborative you know and and talking a lot about just like what what he had planned and it was all about you know his brand dg the brand mm-hmm. and you know i think a big a lot of noise in the world with july 1st was like who's going to do endorsements or who's going to sign their deal or you know what who's going to do what and he did things different where he launched his own company you right. know um and we were just we just wanted to make sure hey anyway we can help we're a local company we've been in business for 10 years we we started at ucf hey whatever we can do sock wise let us know and you know we he did some socks with us for for his website and sold them on sold them on dg the brand the website there and they shipped them out to customers and you know we were happy to be the ones making the socks of course right so that was sort of like the first you know first collaboration we did with dg the brand and and him and his team and then talking with him and and uh smitty you know smitty yep he we we started talking about what we can do on sort of like the rockham side with dylan gabriel the athlete you know because right what what we did in the first release with his website was dylan gabriel the entrepreneur who has a brand and a, and a website you know right dg the and, brand so you're just he's just right. selling your his his name on your gear but yeah we're just the you know we're the we're the company that's making it you right know? exactly at, at that stage so yeah, I think we, after our first meeting, it was like, you know, this is someone we want to align with, like Rockham. We we want to align with, you know, with this guy because he has his stuff together, you know? He's such a um, smart kid. I'm sure you got to got to realize that I did after, yeah. you know, meeting with him and stuff and, and, and doing some promotions and stuff for his brand. I mean, I can't imagine myself at that age with that much, you know, that much spotlight and, and, and eyes on me handling this stuff everything the way he does um yeah and i'm sure you guys saw that too so so what happened from there yeah picked up on that right away and you know it turned into how do we how do we work with you to do some type of endorsement deal you know Mm -hmm. and how can we help support you and and raise your awareness with the what we do you know because we're in we're an e-commerce company we're online we we have disney marvel star wars the nfl the NHL, you name it, you know, we have a license for it. We, we're, we're selling nationally, but we're located in Orlando. And we wanted to tell the story better about our, you know, UCF connection, how we're in Orlando. And we haven't really been able to do that to like the fullest extent because we work with so many big partners, right? So this was a great opportunity that we were looking at of like, hey, how can we like, you know, it's, it's a new thing. You can now work with athletes. So how can we partner with an athlete that's local that we align with like personally and help them like, you know, have them help us sort of spread our name, you know, it's a perfect fit if you think about it and we just haven't been able to do it until now. It was, it was like one of those, it's only right type of things. Uh And I think it was cool to, you know, let him, he got his website off the ground, DG the brand. And now, we more recently had had talks about doing an endorsement deal, which we, you know, I guess this is breaking news on the, on the podcast <laughs> here, 
but um we have we have you know finalized and he's the first athlete that Rockham has ever truly signed and you know we've been in business 10 years we work with the nfl we have the nfl players license we you know we work with other sports leagues and we've never signed an athlete we've never done an endorsement deal so he's the first one yeah he's the first one and it's it's a real it's official it's you know it's a real endorsement deal (laughs) yeah and he's gonna you know ucf fans will definitely see it they'll see what we have planned and yeah, it was just, you know, it was one of those, we definitely want to be aligned with, with Dylan. And I think the coolest thing about him is he's, he has a great, you know, he has great people around him. So he doesn't have to worry too much at all about like off field business, if you will. Right. It's not like he's the one I'm talking to for three hours, two hours a day about, you know, how to word things in a, yeah. Yeah. And that's, he's not wasting any time. He, he's training. He's, you know, he's very laser focused on the season. Um, that's what's, and, that's what's most important. You know, all this stuff is great for these athletes, but at the end of the day, you're a college athlete first. The endorsements are, are great, right. but you don't want that to take away, which I don't know anyone specifically, but just in general, I'm sure people will get distracted by this stuff. And that's one of the reasons people were against it originally. Um, yeah. But, you know, if it's not going to happen now, it would happen to someone, you know, when they're, when they're in the pros and have all that attention. So you're right, though. He's oh, yeah. got a great team around him. And, uh, you know, like I said before, it couldn't be a more perfect fit. The UCF connection, the entrepreneurship, um, the brand, everything. It, it just really is a perfect fit. Oh, yeah. We were, we're excited about it. So we have some cool, cool stuff planned. And this isn't like a one-off, like he's going to, tweet about us once and right we you know this, hashtag, this is hashtag like, ad <laughs> yeah this this is uh definitely more than that and there's a few elements to it that are pretty exciting so and it's also some monumental stuff we're going to be doing with um you know when it comes to product so I'm, I'm excited to sort of like get it off the ground and and have him spearhead it with us uh we're calling him if we sign anyone else in the future or work with any other athletes at the end of the day, DG, he's the team captain of Rockham. Love that's it. what we're, that's our commitment to him. You know, he's, he's the first one, he's the captain of the team. So whatever we do from here on out with, you know, endorsements or athletes, he'll always be the, you know, the first one. And he's, he's got the C on his chest, you know? Yes. I love that. I love how you continue the, uh, the sports parallel. That's really cool, man. <laughs> and it just really, it really speaks volumes about how you guys run your company and, uh, you know, I've seen it firsthand, but, you know, everything you said just kind of backs that up in my beliefs in you guys. And, you know, that's why I love you guys so much and support you guys. Uh, a lot of people try and send me, you know, stuff to promote. And honestly, I, you guys are the only ones that I actually, one, wear the stuff and, and two, love supporting um, because I, I love what you guys are doing. You make a great product and uh, there's a great story behind it. And you guys are good people, too. So it, it just can't miss. Very much appreciate that, man. That's, that's, that's cool. That's cool to hear. We have a, it's, it's a team of people, you know, you've been, you've been to our, you know, headquarters and we have UCF alumni that work here. We, you know, I think we have six or seven UCF alums that are full-time employees and, you know, we, we like to have a good team and, and everyone sort of plays a role and it's mixed, it's production mixed with creativity. And I think Rob, he, Rob used the word the other day, um, we're a brand manufacturer, 
You know, oh, I make, like that. <laughs> you know, we have a we have a name brand. We have Rock'em Socks, but we have a lot of a uh, lot of focus here on like production and manufacturing as well, which isn't as glamorous or newspaper headline worthy, but that's what sort of uh you know keeps our ship afloat here. Yeah, and it sets you guys apart from other companies too. It's super cool that you know all of this has come out of just you know an idea from an apartment to a house to, uh, you know, a legit company. And now even more legit having a, uh, a real Heisman contender endorsing your product. That's gotta be like a pinch me type moment. I'm sure you've had a lot of those throughout this process, but, uh, that's awesome. One last thing. So you said, you talked about, you know, fun workplace environment. Um, I know you had mentioned a little bit about a new headquarters. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, we've, we're still we're based in Orlando, right? So we've been here since since Rob started since day one, and we're we've always consistently you know had to we've had to move a lot because we keep growing and you know a place doesn't fit us anymore and we're shuffling around Orlando and we've been in our you know we've been in our current building for like five years and yeah we we have outgrown this one so we're gonna be moving you know back to one of the original industrial parks that we used to be in back in the day. <laughs> and That's funny. it's, uh, we've had some scary times there. We've had roofs fall in due to tornadoes and crazy rainstorms. And, but we're moving to a newer, much, much safer building, much bigger. <laughs> it's about two and a half times bigger than where we're at now. And we'll be able to, you know, it's, it's all credited due to our real, you know, hard work and determination in, in 2020, um, that's for sure. So it's justified moving on up and, you know, becoming more efficient, getting more space and really, you know, making it last another 10 years. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Congrats again on all of your success. Thanks so much. Like we said, watch out for this endorsement. Uh, we're going to see a lot of cool content and some other stuff coming out in the next few weeks and, you know, be sure to follow on social Rock'em Socks, DG the brand, me, obviously. Um, but yeah, if you guys haven't already, check them out. They really are awesome. You know, there's a ton of sock companies, and these ones seriously are the best. You know, you put them on, they stretch. It doesn't make the logo all fuzzy. I really, really like their product, and I'm super excited for, you know, this partnership and, and to see what, you know, comes out uh, in, in the weeks coming or whatever. So, Steve, thank you so much, and uh, go Knights. Go Knights, man. Hey, we, everyone needs to thank you for being the unofficial official mascot. Or you, you need a you need something with UCF because I've seen you go absolutely crazy at away games, home games. Like I've seen it in the flesh, in person. I don't think I don't think there's many people in the stands that are are at your level of commitment to the to the athletic program. So, you know what? And I know you're a don't, I know you're a donor. You're, you're really in the mix. And I don't, I think that needs to be appreciated by everyone that listens to this. You know, I, if you use your real name, Sean, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> no. people need to know who Sean is and he's a diehard UCF fan. And, you know, definitely, it's good, man. It's good stuff. I, I really appreciate that. That means so much to me, especially coming from you. Uh, you taking the time out of your day to talk to us. So, uh, you know, like I said, look out. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up. And, uh, you know, thanks again. Likewise, man. Appreciate it. And we're back. 
Shout out Steve. Thank you for coming on the show. Much appreciated. Like I said earlier, use promo code UCF Problems, all one word, for 10% off your Rock'em Socks order. All right, last up, we've got Moose Mailbag, where we answer all of your listener-submitted questions. First up, we've got Golden Knight 2. Since the new administration has changed its stance on two-for-ones, what schools would UCF do a two-for-one with? Except Clemson, Bama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame. Well, I mean, that's pretty much the list, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would do a I would do a Michigan again just because we had a great turnout up there. It's an easy flight. It would be nice to have them in a, in a game in Florida. But other than that, it's, I, I would still accept it. But... I, I would accept anything. You know, if Terry yeah. and Gus are in on it. But, no, I agree. I can't. I mean, he kind of named the unofficial blue bloods i mean those are like the five or six teams or whatever that are always in the playoff besides that there's a pretty big drop off i'm trying to think who else is kind of in the mix sometimes texas a&m no uh i wouldn't want to do that um if we signed a two for one with any of those teams tomorrow i would it would be amazing i have no words if we would be able to get to go to a home game in notre dame or even ohio state Again. Yeah. Um, so maybe Penn State, but here's the thing. We've already done, I think it was a home and home with Penn State. Or no, it was a 1 1 1. We had one at home. Or was it? Did we play them at home? No, we never played. Okay, Penn so State that was like home. a 2 0 and 1. We had one there and then. Technically, I think we were the home team for the Ireland game. Definitely the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, that's the one, like, top two regrets as a UCF fan. One, not going to the Fiesta Bowl, two, not going to Ireland. Obviously, it just yeah. wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't even an option when those came out. I wasn't even mad about it. I had, like had never really had money to travel in my life. The Michigan game was the first real trip I did. Besides, I mean, I did a road trip to Texas where we had to like beg people to give us tickets in 2010. Michigan was like the first trip. I mean, stuff like that was like considered, you know, I don't know, an adult thing. And I guess now I'm an adult, but. I guess. Hey, that brings up a good point, though. Do they have a lot of people forget about that Penn State game, not the Ireland one, but the one at Penn State. We beat them. Is that right? anywhere? Yeah, we did. Is that anywhere like on YouTube or anyone have a link to a recording of that game? Because I feel like that's one that I feel like a lot of people post. You know, the Louisville game and you know any of the UCF day games, but that's one that a lot of people don't really talk about that much and i feel like it was a very significant win not only for that season but i think for the program as well like to go into penn state and i believe it was like a late afternoon finishing under the lights game that's huge that was huge no it was and you're right you know what's crazy when we were talking about the games for ucf day this didn't even make our potential no, it wasn't list. even on the radar what did we just forget because about this? Because that's why I'm trying to bring it up. I'm saying yeah. people forget about it. Dang. You know, shame on me because I looked through that whole 2013 schedule. Because we didn't know really like what, how many games we were going to pick. So I just kind of came up with any that would be potentially good. And I remember like 
the Temple game was on that because of the catch, you know, great ending. I remember going through the 2013 season, I even considered the USF game, which was deathly boring, but it was a big win, embarrassingly, against a two-win USF team, but we lose that game, we don't go to the Fiesta Bowl. We just overlooked this. I mean, Blake Bortles, uh, coming out party kind of, you know? Three touchdowns, 288 yards. Yeah, we got to dig up this footage. And uh, Can we do a UCF day? Like, Can they just do UCF day again? Dude, I, I'll tell you what, man. Like once a month or so, I look up Jimmy V Foundation auctions just to like see if anything's going on. It was July, actually, of hmm. 2019. I don't know. I watch ESPN every morning. Well, I have it on the background, and... I know when they're doing the Jimmy V week, like every single show they're pushing it. So I don't know if they're not doing it or what, but if it happens, um, we're definitely going to raise the money to do it again. So yeah, still haven't gone up to Bristol yet, by the way. But um, in ESPN's defense, the producers that we've been talking to are still working from home. So they said hopefully maybe uh, end of summer. So we'll see. But, you know, they gave us our word, and they've been really cool contacting us throughout this whole thing. Honestly, the day was so much fun that I kind of forgot about the trip aspect, which was kind of initially, I mean, I don't know. I looked at it. I was like, hey, we get to program this, but we get to go to ESPN and, like, have lunch with, you know, the yeah. sports center. I was, like, more excited about that. Yeah, and then, you know, as I think COVID hit, we kind of realize how insanely cool it would be to have a full day of UCF games, which would be awesome anyway. But during COVID and like no sports, it just made it that much better. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things about being a UCF fan. It's just like some things are just, they're, they're almost too perfect, you know? And uh, that was an incredible thing to do. And I can't believe we pulled that off. <laughs> Next question is from MD Knight 2016. Did Rock'em Sox secure the stadium sponsorship when Mohajer came to headquarters? Oof. I should have asked Steve about that. Um, no, but I do know that I think there's maybe something in the works. Not with Rock'em. I mean, the whole, the main stadium. Yeah, like the, name, the, the where the Rock'em Bright House. Sox stadium. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I'm cool. not an expert. But nothing against Rock'em. I, I just think that's a little bit out of their marketing budget. Just because, like, even if every person buys a couple pairs of socks, you know, every UCF fan, I, I don't think that still pays for it. You know, like, the the cost is not worth uh, the revenue for something like that, you know. Their average sale is, you know, it's a pair of socks. Um, yeah. So think bigger is is what I would say. I don't know... If, if anything's going to come to fruition, I just know there's been some talks and, um, Oh, there has, has there. And yeah, official shareholder meeting and, uh, also some inside tips from someone that I know, but going back to the conference realignment thing real quick, this reminded me of it because we're talking about the stadium. Um, if we join one of those other conferences, I know instantly we will expand the stadium. We'll yep. have to, to accommodate, you know, the crazy number of people coming to these games. They have such huge fan bases in the Big 12 and really all the other conferences that it'll be a no-brainer to expand it. But yeah, as far as Rockham, I don't know. I, I should have asked him that, though. All right. Last question from UCF Zach. 
Which Gus Bus transfer are you most excited about watching this season? Ooh, that's a good question, Zach. Oh, that reminds me. This was the guy that won the Money Move First Watch gift card giveaway last show, and I completely forgot until right now to send him his gift card. So thank you, Zach. I am sending that right now. All right, as far as the Gus Bus transfer, I'm most excited about watching this season undeniably has to be Big Cat Bryant. Dang it. With a name like Big Cat and some of the pictures he's been posting this summer of him working out, doing some drills, getting ready. I mean, good Lord, this guy is ready to run through a brick wall. It's just insane. I mean, he's built like an SEC player. We need more of those guys. Gus is bringing more of those guys here. And our defense is just going to be stacked. Lights out, dude. Yep. Lights out. The D-line, him and Kalia Davis, man, in the trenches. Uh, little Montalvo action, too. No, that's a great answer. Um, and, you know, when you say SEC size, you know, I, don't, I know we don't like to stereotype and to pretend that we're equal, but I'll never forget at the Peach Bowl, as we took the field, we had the ball, and their D-line came out, and I was like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> these guys are a lot bigger than ours. So, just saying, it, it's true. We, we beat them, so size doesn't matter, but – there's definitely something to be said. I mean, they the SEC gets the uh, the bigger guys, and Big Cat's one of them. Um, I'd have to say, you know, this is a cool one. Speaking of the Peach Bowl, Nate Craig Myers played in the Peach Bowl. I think he caught a pass against us in 2017. He's transferring. Or maybe Jordan Johnson as well. Not Jordan Johnson, the four-year starter that played for us, but Jordan Johnson, the – Wide receiver transfer from Notre Dame. I mean, Gus has really been hitting the transfer portal hard, taking advantage of the new rules. And, you know, I mean, there's so many that probably the best one will end up being someone we didn't even mention, which is a good thing to have that many guys come in here. And it, again, it speaks volumes about Gus that his former players are following him over. Uh, that's a good thing. I didn't see any transfers from Mizzou when Heupel came. Just saying. Yep. Absolutely, I did say that as well. So I think you did say that last show. Good, good, good point. That, <laughs> that was doing. that was actually uh, got a lot of responses there on Twitter from saying that. Didn't really? Know I, yeah, I usually don't stir the pot a lot, but <laughs> I do say what's on my mind, and that was it. So yeah, no that that was that was a good one. I'm definitely uh, recycling that. You don't stir the pot. You uh, squeeze the udder, maybe. <laughs> Something like that. All um, right. Let's wrap it up. Last couple things here. All right. Um, unfortunate news for the LA Rams. Former FSU running back Cam Akers towards Achilles. So he's going to be out for the season. But obviously that's huge for Otis Anderson because besides – what's the Memphis guy's name? Daryl Henderson. Besides Daryl Henderson. How could you forget <laughs> – yeah, Daryl Henderson down the sideline. Yeah, I know. They can't stop Henderson. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I could go on. No, I know, I know. Wow. Um, I I think it was just so bad that I just erased that from my mind. But besides Henderson, I don't think any other running back on their roster has any snaps. So, the running back position is wide open, and I think Otis is versatile enough, especially in. You know, Sean McVay's offense where, you know, he can catch a pass out of the backfield, line up in the slot, take the handoffs. Um, I think this is huge for him. 
you know, injuries suck, obviously, but we can't control that. And, um, you know, I think this is really, really big and it improves his chances at making an NFL roster. Him and Harris, man, on the same side of the ball. In other news, congratulations to former UCF running back Greg McRae, who signed a deal to the Canadian Football League, the Toronto Argonauts. So good for him. Um, If you weren't sure when the Canadian Football League starts, as was I. It's on on my calendar, dude. (laughs) Apparently the season starts on August 7th. Whoa. So, yeah. What's that, like two Um, weeks? Not sure where. I think sometimes ESPN2 plays like game of the week. They'll play one Canadian football game. So That's 17 days from now. Well, no. That's two weeks from now. Two Saturday. Yeah. It's Saturday the 7th. Wow. That's awesome. So pretty cool. Glad he, he made a team and gets the chance to uh, show off some of his skills and talents. And yeah, you, know, you never know. No, some it's, it's, injuries it's, in the NFL could happen. And it's huge for him to get this opportunity to get some, you know, some pro level tape. Obviously, it's not NFL, but especially with, you know, how people talk about our conference, this is definitely a big step up from playing in the American. And with these COVID restrictions, the NFL teams were only allowed to bring in like five or six guys to rookie minicamp when normally it's like whoever they want. So he didn't even get a chance to show off his skills at an NFL facility during the spring. So this is huge. Literally, the ball's in his hand. And uh, I know he's going to do well in this league, and I'm excited for this opportunity for him. And also, we get to watch football uh, like three weeks earlier. Uh, gives us something to root for. So go uh, Argonauts. Is that? What's an Argonaut? I don't know. <laughs> like any of the Canadian football mascots, like one of the Blue Bombers. I don't know right, what a, that is. A Blue Bomber. Peters. Actually, I don't know what a Blue... <laughs> blue Bomber... Maybe like some kind of bird or something. I don't know. I was thinking it was some like war, but I don't think Canada's ever been to war. They got the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Hey. <laughs> All right, here's a Canadian one, the Edmonton Elks. That's Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it's like Milwaukee Bucks, same colors. Uh wait, there's also there's an Ottawa Ottawa Rough Riders. Did they move? Okay, you can't have two Rough Riders. Oh, here's all right. I mean, there could be like two bulldogs, you know, on like college football, but yeah, the team must have moved. I know this is what Google's telling me. How about this? The Montreal Alouettes isn't that like the French cheese thing? You know, the circle that or probably no, no, I know what it is. It's the little, I think it's the little red things that you like peel off the little cheese ball. I don't know. Okay, so there's (laughs) nine teams it's the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, they must what the hell is a red black? What? <laughs> that seems like a bird too. The Hamilton Tiger Cats, not a bird. Yeah, so the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Calgary Stampeders, the British Columbia Lions. Lame. Yeah, the Canadians, they got to work on their team names there. What is – all right, I'm thinking – I got like a, a TV jingle in my head. Tasty Alouettes or something? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's, it's the def- little circle like 
No, I think those are called uh, like baby bells, and there's like a little cow. <laughs> no, it's like a baby bell. However, that there was some dumb commercial when I was like ten years old. You know how you get those commercials stuck in your head? Here, Alouette cheese. Alouette is a American brand of French style cheese. Oh yeah, they got like dips and stuff. Soft spreadable yeah. cheese. Yum. It's a, like a Borzen cheese. I don't sort know of. <laughs> it's like a soft cheese. I don't know. You spread it on crackers. I like spreadable you cheese. See in, you see it in Publix all the time. Alouette cheese. Yeah. There you go. Canadian football. All right. So. <laughs> on topic. All right. What? Where are we at? <laughs> oh, um, last thing. Sammy Kincaid, who's been awesome these last few years doing, you know, strolling with Sammy videos to get to know the coaches, which was really awesome, especially amidst all the coaching changes. Um, she's been a great personality for UCF, and apparently she's moving on. She's got a great opportunity. I didn't see the specific details, but definitely awesome for her. We're going to miss her, but, you know, big congratulations, and uh, she definitely added a nice kind of angle to, you know, watching UCF media related stuff. And uh, we're definitely going to miss her. Yeah. I really enjoyed all of her reporting. Wish her well. And um, great person too. Like just yeah, for upbeat, the next fun. Thing. Like I love running into her games. But, uh, we were lucky to have her for the time that we did. So big congrats to her. Um, get anything else? Oh, how about this? Golf? Golf, yeah. We golfed uh, the other day? We went golfing the other day with DJ Pob and Mikey Sods. <laughs> uh, Beat him. Turns out I'm, I'm, it was my second time golfing in the last three years. Uh, so I went a couple weeks ago with one of my buddies. Didn't do too bad. and um, Fellow girl dad. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I overall I didn't, I didn't do too bad. I definitely want to get back into it. Wait, so we'll see. Vince is having a girl, right? Correct. And Pop's having a boy? Yep. Are these all COVID babies? Is that a thing? Or is it just that's where at like the time in our lives? It was more or less just the time in our lives. I didn't gonna... really have anything to do with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, that's awesome. Congrats to you know, you again, Pav, baby boy. And Vince, that's that's crazy. Yeah, no, golf was awesome. Um I thought you were gonna bring up the fact that I chipped two in. Which... Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was going to mention that that so we did a little scramble action and and Sean had not one but two of the greatest chip shots that I've ever seen like in real life. The second one, man, I did the Tiger Woods fist pump. It was insane, goosebumps. For at uh, least thirty yards. I've never chipped one from like close to the green. I've hit two in before that were like full on shots, but this was uh. I don't know. I, I'm not that good either. Just lucky. But we only won by one stroke. And uh, a nice little wager on the line. So it turns out that was the difference. Uh, Save the day. Appreciate that. Well, you actually won it with that birdie putt at the end from, I don't know, 15 feet maybe? On the 18th. It was classic. No, but it was a good time. You missed that. Also, you missed that and we probably tie and then end, end up arguing about how we settle settle it. But... We didn't get to that point. You sunk it right in, 15 feet. Yeah, we also got pretty lucky. Um, 
that the other team missed a six foot putt with their one mulligan last <laughs> they had three chances at a six foot putt missed all three it was downhill man margin fair is slim uh we also terrible. got lucky that they did not manage their mulligans well at all and also got lucky that I made those chip shots because they would have easily beat us. <laughs> so, yeah. hey, you know what? That's what makes sports fun and uh, definitely looking forward to doing that again. All right, let's wrap up. Thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe. Give us a little rating if you like us. Definitely appreciate it. Got a bunch of awesome guests lined up. We're going to keep cranking out episodes every couple weeks heading into football season. Next thing you know, it'll be Boise State. DG pop-up tent. Me and will be there. Might do something podcast-related. We'll see. You know, we're not the best with technology, but we will be there in some fashion. And uh, can't wait, man. These next few weeks are going to go by fast. Yeah, definitely have to start working on research for our big preview show. It's always my favorite show of the year. Um, where we the unexpected 13 and 0 prediction comes out <laughs> a yeah, tradition like exactly. none other <laughs> um but i love just really breaking down the games you know going over all the stats from last year of course we have to have i think we've already done this like seven times uh since the end of last year's like Offensive player of the year, breakout player of the year, freshman of the year. I mean, who dude, we think. if you watch any sports show on TV, that's all they do is repeat themselves with this stuff and give different answers. So Very true. And I love talking about it, and I think people like listening to it too. So definitely look out for that. And, uh, yeah, ooh, ooh, we can also argue about which away game is the best for, like, the 18th time. <laughs> No, that's my that that and sleeper player of the year is my favorite. You've been on point. If you, if you hit that one, you know, and this year on defense, I don't even have to do any more research. I am all in on one guy. Big not Cat mentioned who? I was gonna say Big no, Cat's not a that's sleeper. Not, Big Cat's not a sleeper. Bentavious, I, I, not a sleeper. Your McCray call was probably the best of all. <laughs> we'll have to somehow go back and like keep track of all this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm excited. Now I'm actually wondering who you're talking about. So we're going to have a lot of new faces in the defensive backfield. I'll say that. So definitely exciting. Um, Paul Rubelt, maybe? It's hard to judge. <laughs> Linemen, like, don't have stats, really. Man, he's just big. Has a cool name. Yeah. That's kind of what I go by. That's why I think that's why we're gravitating toward Big Cat. Um, oh, last thing. Go to First Watch. They're actually opening one, like, Within 10 minutes of where I live, which, you Ooh, know, Naples. Dangerous. That's dangerous. Dangerous. That's amazing. I'm going to be there every day. Uh, no, that's what I'm saying for you. <laughs> if what? anything is close to your house, you, you go there like every day. I go there every day until I'm Race so sick track. of it that I'll never go there again. And uh, <laughs> Racetrack, Culver's. No, o- Oak and Stone had a good run where I was there for like yeah. every day for a month. But hey, you know, I'm working out twice a day, almost every day. Doing a little hot yoga, hot yoga. So I'm getting in shape for football season, you know, not just the players. I got to be ready to be 100%, give, uh, you know, all my energy to this team for this year. You know, back 100% capacity. We got to bring it and got to set the tone for everyone else. So definitely excited. Got to train those vocal cords, make sure that fist pump is extra strong. Dude, I remember. Stomping foot ready for... After, uh, <laughs> so when Mike Hughes ran that touchdown back in 17, 
I ran so my seats are right in the end zone on the visitor sideline. I ran all the way down, hurdled the little stanchion rope thing for the cabana. I was a hurdler in high school, by the way. Hurdled that, ran through the cabana, hurdled the next one, and then I started to run back to my section, and I just collapsed out of breath, <laughs> celebrating the Mike Hughes touchdown. So can't have that happen again. I think I can do a full 50-yard sprint and back now without losing my breath. But, uh, yeah. Good, because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you don't celebrate like that. So Anyway, all right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you soon. Go Knights. Charge on. Nation. Nation.